Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to improving the lives of America's veterans, first responders, and their families. For over 20 years, the foundation has helped America keep its solemn promise to never forget. Tunnel to Towers provides mortgage-free homes to Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders with young children and builds specially adapted smart homes for catastrophically injured veterans, as well as work to eradicate veteran homelessness. David Marshall served in the Army during World War II and fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He's never forgotten the sacrifices of his comrades in arms, nor the efforts of first responders on 9-11 and in the days and months that followed. He is a loyal and proud Foundation donor. Tunnel to Towers is committed to supporting veterans, first responders, and their families, and so many of them need your help. Join the Foundation on its mission to do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that has historically delivered sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Since the election of Governor Ron DeSantis in 2018, the state of Florida has transformed from an unreliable swing state in elections into a bastion of freedom. Whether fighting against far-left ideologies in public schools, COVID-19 mandates, or woke corporations trying to influence state policy, the Sunshine State and its governor have become a model for conservatives across the country. In this special edition of Hold the Line, we take a deep dive into the policies and politics that have made Florida freedom's front line. Welcome to this special edition of Hold the Line. I'm Buck Sexton. Look, I'm a guy who is skeptical about politicians because they usually break their promises and don't do a good job, even after they've told us there's all this amazing stuff they're going to do. We have gone through, in the last two years, an unprecedented assault on freedom and basic sanity in politics, the likes of which we've never seen before. Uh, COVID, uh, the lockdowns, mask mandates, vaccine mandates, and the left weaponizing social media, shutting down debate and discussion. It has been crazy, but there were very few willing to stand up against this. Nobody was more effective than Governor Ron DeSantis. Here he is, for example, back in November of 2021, talking about vaccine mandates and what's really behind them. Watch. We are not going to use your tax dollars to teach our kids to hate this country or to hate each other. (laughs) 
We believe that every single student matters, every single student counts. We are not going to categorize you based on your race. We are not going to tell uh, some kindergartner that they're an oppressor based on their race and what may have happened 100 or 200 years ago. And we're not going to tell other kids that they're oppressed based on their race. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't succeed in this state. Everybody can succeed. It is about power and control because, as we know, they didn't make things better by mandating all this stuff, certainly with masks, with social distancing, and then with vaccine mandates. What was really the purpose? The vaccines, we were told, were going to stop the spread. That's why it wasn't up to you. Otherwise, it's an individual choice. What is your risk tolerance for COVID? Oh, no, it'll stop the spread. It didn't stop the spread. It was entirely ineffective across the country at shutting down the virus from spreading, even after we'd had a mass vaccination program. Governor Ron DeSantis was right. And he didn't just say that they wouldn't mandate it. He protected people, including from the private sector mandates in his state, from having to get the shot which they did not want, and in many cases did not need. And then there's in schools, as we know, the issue of wokeness in school curricula has become incredibly politically uh, important right now. The governor's mansion in Virginia largely switched hands from Democrat to Republican Glenn Youngkin on parental involvement in kids' education and the recognition of all the woke madness that kids are being indoctrinated with. Well, down in Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis is saying, look, we're, we're passing the Stop Woke Act because taxpayer dollars are no longer going to be used to teach kids to hate their own country and to divide, them by, divide kids by race. It's crazy. Watch. We are not going to use your tax dollars to teach our kids to hate this country or to hate each other. We believe that every single student matters, every single student counts. We are not going to categorize you based on your race. We are not going to tell uh, some kindergartner that they're an oppressor based on their race and what may have happened 100 or 200 years ago. And we're not going to tell other kids that they're oppressed based on their race. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't succeed in this state. Everybody can succeed. Everybody can succeed. Oh, that's a message that the left will become so upset about. What are they doing to people in Florida? You'll notice everyone's moving to Florida. People aren't leaving Florida, despite all the COVID, un, you know, unscientific craziness that Ron DeSantis said was pushing. Turns out he was right on all of this because he looked at the data and he was making rational decisions and he was defending individual freedom. So look at the scoreboard, folks. He was right on COVID, stood against the consensus, the so-called consensus of the Fauciites on it. He is fighting back against CRT and um, gender identity training for toddlers, basically, in the school system, and he's winning. And he's also fighting back against woke corporations who decide that they're going to get involved in trying to push around people in his state politically, here he is saying, look, if Disney wants it, Disney can come and get it, watch. You're a corporation based in Burbank, California, and you're gonna marshal your economic might to attack the parents of my state? Uh, we view that as a provocation, and we're gonna fight back against that. I would have you know, signed this bill three years ago if it had come to my desk just on basic, uh, basic principles, um, but I, I think that that partnership that developed early on with Walt Disney I don't think Walt would appreciate what's going on in this company right now. I'm sorry. And so, uh, so I think it's appropriate to, to sign that here today. Indeed it is. And a lot of people recognize exactly what is happening with Florida as the beacon of freedom in this country as a state, and also as now increasingly what feels like the beating heart of the GOP, the Republican Party. It's all happening in Florida. DeSantis versus his likely 2022 opponents, by the way, speaking of the numbers, 52%. Nikki Freed is looking at like about 39%. He may have taken a state that was a razor thin margin between Democrats and Republicans and win, there you see him against Charlie Chris, looks like he's up eight, eight points. He may win enormously and convincingly. There's a possibility that Governor Ron DeSantis will have taken a $200,000, a 200,000 vote rather deficit of Democrats 
who outnumbered Republicans, registered Republicans in his state, to a 200,000 plus advantage of Republican registrations in his state, to flip in such a short period of time, in two years time, or I'm sorry, four years time, uh, to flip a state like this into the red column is remarkable. All right, we've got a group of great uh, guests lined up here for this special edition of Hold the Line. Coming up, we'll speak to New York Post columnist Carol Markowitz about Florida's efforts to clean up the state's public school system. First, I want to talk to you about protecting your online data. A lot of companies promise your privacy is guaranteed, but that's not true. That's why you need a new privacy and cybersecurity application tool called Secure. It's spelled S-E-K-U-R. Secure is using proprietary encryption and offering secure instant messaging and email. With Secure, all of your communications based on servers and data centers hosted in Switzerland without using any of the big tech platforms. Privacy is a big issue now. Without real security, people can read your emails, your messages, even your bank information. Secure will never mine your data and never ask for your phone number. You can send emails to your doctor, banker, lawyer, anybody knowing you're actually secure in your communication. Secure is your solution to stop the constant theft of your digital identity. It costs only $5 for the messenger, only $10 for the messenger and email combination package. Go to secure.com and take back your privacy today. That's S-E-K-U-R.com and use promo code BUCK for 25% off. We'll be right back with more Hold the Line. At our Board of Education, we, we, we ban critical race theory. And so people in corporate media and on the left, what do they say? They say, oh, these conservatives, they don't want to teach about slavery or anything like that, which is nonsense. Florida statutes say, you know, teach about all these different things, including things like slavery and the civil rights movement. Uh, that is not critical race theory. I mean, that is just, those are historical facts. That's part of American history. Uh, and so we're doing all of that. But what we've said to teachers is, those are the standards. If you're, if you're departing from that, and you're teaching kids based on race, or if you're doing any of this stuff, you're departing from the standards, um, and you could, be, you could be disciplined as a result of that. Governor Ron DeSantis has put his state of Florida at the forefront of the battle against critical race theory and woke teachers' unions, from rejecting certain public school textbooks to enacting the parent, uh, Parents' Rights in Education bill. DeSantis has led a push to reform education standards and practices in the Sunshine State. So... When will others follow suit, see the light? Let's ask New York Post columnist Carol Markowitz. Carol, great to have you. Thank you, Buck. Thanks, thanks for having me. It's amazing, isn't it, to watch as the narrative shifted because yeah. early on they were, they were talking about this don't say gay bill. And it sounds, of course, right. so ominous. That sounds horrible. You're going to say you can't say the word gay. I mean, the left censors words and says you can't say things. Of course, that's not mm -hmm. in the bill. That's not the name of the bill. No, no. The whole thing was a big propaganda fight from the activists. Yeah. And turns out people in the state of Florida and actually across the country, including Democrats, are supportive of it. It's such an obvious thing. Who wants their K through third grader learning about sexual orientation or any kind of gender, you know, mishmash that they have going on right now? Um, I think that's such a basic thing for so many parents. And the, the thing was about this don't say gay bill is it's just as much don't say straight. Straight is a sexual orientation. So the idea that you couldn't talk about gay relationships, you can't talk about any relationships. You can't get into sexual orientation at all. And I think that's a great thing. I have a kindergarten. I have a third grader and I have a sixth grader. And I know that the sixth grader can handle things that the younger two just simply can't. Seems like common sense is something that the state of Florida is embracing. And I also think that as Democrats continue to speak on the issue of schools and the teachers unions and shutdowns and CRT and gender identity theory and all this other stuff, more and more Americans are saying, what's going on here? And then there's just the general philosophy the Democrats seem to have. I mean, this was just uh, just recently, Biden talking to a room full of teachers. This is what this is what he said to a room full of teachers. Watch. You've heard me say it many times about our children, but it's true. They're all our children. And the, the reason you're the teachers of the year is because you recognize that. They're not somebody else's children. They're like yours when they're in the classroom. They're not somebody else's children. They're like yours when you're in the classroom. I don't have kids. You do. But uh, yeah. I'm guessing you don't think that those, those that your kids belong to the teachers too. <laughs> 
just saying nobody was cleaning up puke three nights ago when my kids were all sick overnight, uh, except me. So unless somebody wants to step in and help out with that, they're not their kids. And my teacher, my, my kids have had really phenomenal teachers, both in Florida and in New York, who cared a lot about them, who worried about them, who made sure that they were okay. But when they, when my kids went to the next grade, those teachers didn't like feel longing for them like I will when they go to college, for example. Um, it's, it's a very different relationship. It's nice for a teacher to care about their students, but it's not a parental relationship at all. And the idea that these kids belong to anybody but the parents it's step one in this fight. Those are my kids and they're not anybody else's kids. And I think that there's also an awakening that has happened across the, across the country in Florida very much on the forefront of this. And that is who yeah. are the schools really, who is operating the school system and to whose benefit, right? Uh, during the pandemic yeah. in particular, Florida was, was open much faster, much sooner in terms of its schools than so right. many other places. Here, here is the American Federation of Teachers, I call her the uh, education commissar, Randy Weingarten, talking about how Republicans just hate public schools. Watch. The bottom line is this. They just don't want public schools. You know, they, you know Milton Friedman didn't want public schools. They, they wanted to have choice or universal voucher systems. But this time, they don't even care if they even have public education and they will brutalize anyone who is in their way. What do you make of this, Carol? Yeah. So, you know, I have three kids in public schools and it's very interesting because in, in Florida, I feel safe leaving them in public schools because I know that Randy Weingarten simply won't have the kind of control over them that she, that she has in places like say New York. Uh, and part of, you know, large part of that is Governor DeSantis and, and the laws that he is passing. I feel confident that my kids won't be brainwashed into leftism here. And that's such a big thing for parents. I'm not against public schools. Again, I, I could send my kids to private, I choose not to. And I think the idea that, that conservatives hate public schools and wanna smash them is ridiculous. And nobody did more to smash the public school system than Randy Weingarten. She said that schools were not essential basically, and we believed her. So I, I'm very much for school vouchers to get kids out of the the public school systems where Weingarten has a lot of control. But for in places like Florida, where uh, Ron DeSantis stands between us and these insane teachers unions, you know, public schools are great. What, what, are, you, uh, what, what are you seeing right now from the governor? I mean, obviously the parental rights bill covered a number of issues, but just yeah. the, what is the overall philosophy that he's using for the public school system in the state of Florida? I'm just wondering if this could be a model for some other states, because yeah. on the pandemic, I'll just say it, Florida was the model. I mean, it's why you live there right. now. Florida, Florida was right. the, the beacon of sanity and actual usage of data, while all these other places completely lost their minds. So what does that look like from an education context? Yeah, that's really what I'm thinking, that it's going to be a model for other states to follow if they you know, take the lead. I, I think that they should. Um, I think what Governor DeSantis is doing is presenting a very kids first model of schooling, which is something we just simply haven't had for a while. This leftism, this leftist wokeism that's spreading in public schools around the country, it's very serious, it's very damaging. And it's, and you know, we started this conversation with um, whether CRT, um, it, it means not teaching history, that's ridiculous. As Ron DeSantis said in the first clip you played, the CRT means that you'll have less time for history. You won't be learning enough math. It really will have um, a long-term harm on academics. So parents who want their kids to learn should motivate their politicians to follow Ron DeSantis's lead. And I just wanna know what you think of the ability to mobilize parents going into this midterms. Are, are there still folks, probably less so in Florida because um, things have been better there in terms of the, of the schools being open. But just yeah. uh, do you get the sense that, that parents will perhaps surprise people? In uh, Virginia, we saw this, let's say, with the Youngkin election, right. because mm -hmm. they're angry about what was done to their kids during the pandemic and they want the chance to vote on this issue. Do you think that's going to happen or is that wishful thinking? 
No, absolutely. I, and I speak to so many parents around the country that are still fuming about it. Their kids lost at least a year of school in some places. It's really crazy that they, you know, people think that they should just move on, that we should just forget what happened. I, I personally can't forget, and my kids are in a much better place now. Uh, but it, it's the whole package. It's not just that schools closed. It's that we were gaslit every step of the way into believing that schools were somehow more unsafe than bars or you know any number of, of things. Um, so many dumb precautions were taken. And the story broke today that a lot of the COVID funds were used for programs like CRT. I mean, that is really what um, you know the problem is here is that all of these things are leftists are using to push their agenda in our schools and people like Governor DeSantis are saying, no, we won't stand for it. We just need more people like him around the country to speak up. Carol, always good to see you. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Buck. Thank you. Of all the ways in which Governor DeSantis has shown leadership since his election in 2018, his response to COVID-19 and his resistance to mandates make him stand out even among conservatives. When we come back, opinion editor at Newsweek, Josh Hammer, joins us to discuss Florida's focus on freedom during the pandemic. Stay right there. Of all the successes Florida has seen over the past few years, the Sunshine State's response to COVID-19 really sets it apart from the rest of the country. Despite serious pressure from the federal government and endless media criticism, Governor Ron DeSantis stood fast on his promise not to sacrifice the state's freedoms for a sense of biomedical total security, and it paid off. Though the experts predicted the state would turn into a pandemic nightmare, Florida's outcomes were comparable to other states its size, and actually much better if you consider the fact that Florida has the highest elderly population in the country. Governor DeSantis's handling of COVID should send a message to conservative leaders, show some backbone. Joining me now is the host of the Josh Hammer Show and opinion editor at Newsweek, Mr. Josh Hammer. Josh, good to see you. Good to see you, my friend. So on COVID, I mean, I think it's pretty straightforward. This is how I got to know of the DeSantis uh, administration pretty well. Because early on, I was like, well, I'm glad one place is being sane. And by the way, now the results are in, right? We've got the receipts. DeSantis was right. And the libs and the haters were wrong. Look, so if there is one issue that you can most readily identify with Governor Ron DeSantis and kind of just the entire notion of this Florida experiment and kind of robust conservative governance, it is the COVID issue. I mean, it is the issue that he led on where no other Republican governor consistently led on. So, you know, Buck, I live in Florida now, but I actually was living in Texas when COVID got started. I remember on May 1st, Governor Abbott at that time called for a reopening. I was living in Dallas, Texas. I remember I went out to eat that night. It was like a mild celebration. But it was only like a month and a half, two months at the most after that, that Texas kind of sort of shut down again. So even like Texas, which I think is Florida's kind of, you know, most obvious comparable state as far as kind of a leading red state kind of pushing the movement forward, they did not perform like Florida performed. I and mean, this is DeSantis' signature issue. And the key point here, Buck, you said it in your opening monologue right there, the key point is that Florida has the oldest population in the country, the oldest population in the country. As we all know, obviously, since day one, COVID disproportionately affects the elderly. So the left, the media, they threw out all the slurs at him on this, right? Oh, he wants dead grannies. I mean, death Santis, right? That's the slur that got tossed out there in the media, got tossed out there in the corporate press and Democratic Party playbook. But the results speak for themselves. Florida has consistently been at least middle of the pack. Sometimes it's actually been way better than median, higher than median that is, and kind of fewer deaths per capita. So his leadership on this issue says it all. I would say it is probably his signature issue, I think. Here's a chart that shows the outcomes in cases and deaths from COVID, just so we can look at the data comparable to other states or in terms of uh, states that are of comparable size. You see here, Florida is... You know, right, in, right in the middle of the pack, and, and it should be noted that Florida didn't lock. There's other states. I mean, Texas had a kind of partial lockdown, but California, New York, Illinois had far more long-lasting and extreme lockdowns. So they hurt their economy. They hurt the basic freedom of their residents in those states, and they didn't even have a better outcome, Josh. So look, at this point, the data are more than obvious that the lockdowns did not work. Okay, I mean, I, I look, look. 
like many people, I was on team 15 days to slow the spread. I was okay with that. Back when we saw these horrific images out of New York, when the hospital capacity numbers were shooting up, they put the ocean liner up the Hudson River at the Javits Center there in New York Harbor. At that time, like a lot of Americans, I was on team, let's see what's going on here. But I would say by the middle of April, by at least a week or two into April, which is about a week or two after 15 days to slow the spread, it was beyond obvious what the American ruling class was doing. The lockdowns not only were prolonged for pure like Rahm Emanuel, never let a good crisis go to waste, that whole mentality. But obviously from this point, from an empirical perspective, from a data perspective, throwing all that aside, just looking at the hard numbers like you're doing right now, it is obvious that there is no positive correlation. There is no obvious statistical correlation whatsoever with the length or severity of the lockdowns. And if you actually go back and look at the health literature, the MD, the medical science literature on this, Lockdowns like this were not tried. Previous pandemics going back to the 1950s, even back to the Spanish flu, obviously, a century ago during the World War I period, we did not do these kind of sprawling everyone lockdown. We've always done a more kind of targeted triage, a targeted quarantine of the elderly and the immunocompromised. But these sprawling systemic lockdowns for a, for a virus, by the way, that according to most data I've seen, we're starting to see some data indicating it literally was not as lethal as some seasons of the influenza, of the common flu. It made no sense whatsoever. So DeSantis obviously vindicated on that one as well. Here is DeSantis calling Florida the, this is back from in January, the freest state in the country. And he says that COVID policies elsewhere were ineffective and destructive. Watch. As long as I sit in the chair in which I sit, no Floridian will be restricted mandated or locked down in any possible way. I'm just going to say, uh, I, when, when I see this, it's a reminder that even though there are other red states where they were less extreme in lockdowns, let's say, than some of the blue states, Florida was really the only one that early on created essentially affirmative protections from the insanity of Fauciism created a no vaccine mandate for anybody, not just government employees, for anybody right. in the state of Florida to work. He actually decided to protect people and go beyond just allowing things, you know, the chips to fall where they may. And I, I feel like, if nothing else, Josh, that showed real courage because once again, he was right. So I'm really happy that you mentioned the private sector vax mandate because that is an issue that DeSantis has led on. There have been, there are some, there have been some other red state governors who have done that as well. But he's been way out in front of this, and he's actually kind of alienated a lot of, I, I would say, more kind of hardcore libertarian-leaning kind of conservatives who basically would say, you know, it's a, it's a private business, it's a private enterprise, let them decide. But no, the Florida model of governance has said that we are going to affirmatively prohibit large mid-sized employers from acquiring a vax as a condition of working here. And what DeSantis is getting at there, the mentality that he is kind of getting into, and by the way, you've seen this exact same mentality in his recent kind of smackdown of the Walt Disney Company. What he understands is that tyranny in the year 2022 does not exclusively come from the public sector. It can absolutely also come from the private sector. And the wokeification, the wokeification of the, of the private corporations, the Fortune 500, the big cruise lines that are disproportionately based in Florida, all these companies, they are kind of using using the vax and COVID regime more broadly as a model of class warfare, basically, to try and crush the deplorables, to crush the Trump voters, to crush conservatives. Because, you know, Buck, I, as you and I know, we're both fortunate enough to kind of work in, you know, in media. I mean, for the media, the lawyers, the bankers, they get to work from home, okay? They don't need kind of to go into person. The COVID lockdowns, who do they hurt? They hurt the workers. They hurt kind of the lower and middle class folks, the small business owners. DeSantis understood that, I think, intuitively from day one. He saw something from a long time coming that a lot of even other Republicans did not see. I think that's what he was thinking about when Florida basically said that even private sector employees cannot require the vax as a condition of working there. And yet again, he was right. He was also right on how stupid it is to mask up on planes. Here he was just last month. Watch this one, Josh. And if you look now what they just did, they extended the forced masking on airplanes and on transportation. Now think about this. You go on an airplane, and if you just want to sit there and, and, and read a magazine without a mask, they say that's the worst thing in the world. But if the person right next to you pulls the mask down and fakes sip on water for two hours, then they don't have to wear the mask. I mean, give me a break. This is theater. This should not be extended. It should have never been done in the first place. But clearly now, 
this is a farce. It is a farce. Yeah, so, you know, I think the most amazing thing of the mass mandates in public transportation was, was I think a lot of people expected that most Americans, or at least a lot of Americans, wanted this, right? I think the presumption, was, uh, the, the presumption at least of some people in the public health apparatus was that this was kind of just fulfilling the will of the majority whatsoever. Well, I, but I'm not sure if you've been on a plane since then. I've actually been on at least three flights over the past week and a half since this thing was struck down. I think it was struck down on a Monday. I was flying out the following Tuesday, so like 24 hours or less later. The vast majority of my flights, no one is wearing a mask. I, I, I would say it's yeah. 75 to 80 percent, no one wearing a mask, walking around the airport. I mean, it's literally like the Berlin Wall fell in there. I mean, it's just a, it is just an unbelievably refreshing flying experience, not take this freaking reckless face yeah. diaper off every time you want to slip, sip of water. It's really just great stuff. So yet again, DeSantis saw it coming. He did, although I wish we had mass noncompliance about a year ago on that, maybe 18 months ago. But anyway, I'm just glad it's done now. Josh. Good to see you. Thanks for being here. Anytime, Buck. Governor DeSantis' policies have paid dividends when it comes to business in the Sunshine State. Coming up after the break, we'll talk to conservative commentator and Florida resident John Cardillo about how Florida is an economic success story. Stay with us. Look, you know me, I'm skeptical by nature. So when I first heard about home title theft and the idea that thieves can literally steal your home, I was like, is this for real? Can some cyber criminal really forge my name off the title of my home and take over as the new owner? Yeah, turns out they can. Not rare either. The FBI says it's growing rapidly as a crime and you're not covered by homeowners insurance or common identity theft programs. Home Title Lock has earned my trust. Home Title Lock puts a barrier around your home's title. The instant they detect anyone tampering with your home's title, they mobilize to help shut it down. So here's what I urge you to do. Number one, go to HomeTitleLock.com and read the testimonials from former FBI agents and government officials. And number two, register your home address to see if you're already a victim and don't even know it. When you protect your home, tell them Buck Sexton sent you to get my listener discount. HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. One of the benefits of keeping your state open during a pandemic is that your economy keeps moving and folks, the proof is in the pudding. While most governors kept unjustified lockdowns and restrictions in place for far too long, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis did everything in his power to keep his state open and it shows in the data. Florida continues to outpace the nation in job growth. Its workforce has expanded for 22 consecutive months and the unemployment rate has also been lower than the national rate for 16 consecutive months. So. Where is the media to congratulate the governor on his job well done? Yeah, don't hold your breath on that one, but let's talk to Florida resident, former NYPD officer and conservative commentator, John Cardillo. John, good to see you. Hey, Buck, how are you, my friend? Just, can you give folks, you know, for obviously we have some, some viewers who are Florida residents like you, but yeah. a lot of people go around the country watching. So what's the business climate like right now in Florida? Because, you know, we've had these, we've got this high inflation number nationally, You've got an economy that feels like it's sputtering nationally, but Florida is a different story. Yeah, it is. So, so anecdotally, what I'm starting to see, Buck, are the service industry jobs coming back, the bartenders, the waiters, the servers, the food runners. We had a drought of that. That's coming back pretty strong. But more importantly, on a, on a grander scale, the amount of, of major companies, household names that you know, that are either moving to or looking to move to Florida is is mind blowing. My uh, one of my closest friends is currently the acting commerce secretary of the state, and I can't betray his confidences by saying which companies they are. But when I tell you these are companies you've heard of, these are industrial manufacturing companies, great American brands, either cut deals to move to Florida, and some international brands actually, or are very close to cutting deals to move to Florida. And honestly, why wouldn't they? Buck, we've got a tremendous amount of open space, open industrial zone land in central and northern Florida. We have a skilled workforce. The universities here get better by the day. No state income tax for the employees and an incredibly, incredibly business friendly climate because of Governor Ron DeSantis, the acting Commerce Secretary Mark Adler, the state CFO Jimmy Petronas. These are people who like these companies. You know, it's not like New York and California where the government seemed to exist 
despite business or to spite business. These men and the women who work with them genuinely want these companies here. They court them and they treat them like they're welcome once they get here. I think you're just going to see more of it. Here is Governor Ron DeSantis uh, back in January talking about job creation in his state. Watch this one. While so many around the country have consigned the people's rights to the graveyard, Florida has stood as freedom's vanguard. In Florida, we have protected the right of our citizens to earn a living, provided our businesses with the ability to prosper, fought back against unconstitutional federal mandates, and ensured our kids have the opportunity to thrive. Job creation in Florida is far exceeding the national average, and our labor force has increased six times faster than the nation's as a whole. Turns out freedom is a, a good thing for the economy, John. It's, treme it's tremendous. Look, I, I, my cousins, my whole family was in. I had 10 relatives in, including their children. My cousins uh, are psychologists up in New York City and Long Island. And when they were had to leave, they didn't want to leave. And they spoke to a friend of mine, a realtor, actually someone you know that you've met through me. And they said to her, look, we want to relocate here full time, most likely. But at the very least, we want to be here six months a year. Everybody who comes down, Buck, every friend of mine, family member, either makes a move to get here to Florida or is seriously considering it because of the climate Ron DeSantis created. And that's no surprise that the state, because of Ron DeSantis' policies, and anybody out will help with registration and all, I apologize. But because of his policies, Republicans now have 115,000 registered voter, registered voter advantage on Democrats in the state of Florida. Florida seasonally adjusted total non-agricultural employ, uh, agricultural employment was 9,227,000 in February 2022, an increase of 51,000 jobs, 0.6% over the month. Florida also gained 530,000 jobs over the year, an increase of 6.1%. I mean, John, I keep asking this question of, of other, other folks like you and me who see this happening, and obviously you understand the Florida dynamic very well. Why isn't every, I mean, look, Texas has a good job growth, people are moving there too, but why isn't every Republican-led state taking a page from this playbook and, and going all in on the DeSantis plan for business and government? I mean, business and, and commerce. Well, this is why we're friends. I tweeted that the other day, I don't know. I said, why isn't every Republican in the United States of America following the DeSantis playbook on freedom, on commerce, prosperity, law and order? I mean, everything the guy does, and look, I'm critical of politicians when they deserve it. I'm not a DeSantis fanboy. I'm a fan of the governor. But if he did something to be critical of, I'd certainly be critical. It's the right thing to do. It's what we should do as Americans. I just can't find fault with anything the guy is doing. Every piece of legislation, every proposal coming out of the governor's mansion, coming out of his office is incredibly well thought out. The right people are brought in. Look at our, our Surgeon General. Dr. Joe Latipo and the way he handled COVID, he's a rock star. But that transcends all of the sentences, personnel, his hires, his decisions. They're really well thought out. They're, they're, they're legally tested and tested again. And man, they are effective. They are absolutely effective. And what I love about them, the unintended consequences, as good as they are for us Floridians, they're like kryptonite to the leftists that might have come here. It repels them and keeps them away. So it's a win-win for Floridians. And I don't know why every Republican at every elected level isn't following the Senate's lead. Also want to know what you think of the way that the governor of Florida has dealt with woke corporations trying to, well, let's just say, upset the political apple cart there. A lot of people obviously talking about Disney. We've talked about it a bunch, Sean, you and me, and, and we've, we've been yeah. discussing it on this show in the past. Uh, what do you think that message is? Listen, <laughs> they are absolutely hysterical. You know, Disney operated down here. The interesting thing is that everybody thinks Disney was this big powerhouse. And I've operated in Tallahassee, our state capital, for a long time. Disney really wasn't. They're a big employer. But when it came to lobbying and political influence, they didn't do as much as people think they did it, but not as much people think, because they didn't think they had to. They thought they were impervious to any criticism, to any type of, of uh, regulation or, or going back to the way things were before their 
special district, their Reedy Creek special district status. The Senate has taught them how things work in the floor. In Florida, there's a new sheriff in town. Overwhelmingly, people love it. The media can, can, can tell you that Floridians are against it. I have yet to meet a person that has said, no, Disney should have special privileges. My business doesn't. Everyone I've spoken to, to a person has said, it's ridiculous this was even going on at all, and they're supporting the governor. John, appreciate the uh, insights, my friend. Good to see you. Great to see you, Buck. Thanks. So we've discussed Florida's successes under the leadership of Governor Ron DeSantis, but what should conservatives around the country learn from it? Dave Reboy, senior fellow at the Claremont Institute, stops by to help answer that question when we come back. every way, Florida has remained more steadfast in its commitment to liberty than any other state in the country. As we've already discussed on tonight's program, it's steered clear of draconian COVID-19 policies, it's fighting back against the progressive agenda in schools, and is standing up to woke corporations looking to influence Florida's politics to the left, of course. All the while, Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis has remained popular, putting on a master class when it comes to dealing with a hostile media. So what lessons should conservatives, particularly in elected office, let's say, take from the example set by Florida and its governor? Joining me now is senior fellow at the Claremont Institute, Dave Reboy. Reboy, good to see you. Great to see you. I want to pose a question to you that I've asked before. I've asked it on radio. I'm always wondering about this. I actually asked Ron DeSantis himself this. Why aren't more Republican governors following in his footsteps, because it would seem everything that they would want, the guy's got a massive war chest for his reelection, he's got high approval ratings, he's flipping registrations and new, to, to, you know, to his party and new people are coming. So why isn't everyone just saying, we wanna be part of the Florida plan too, even if they're not Floridians, you know what I mean? I mean Governor-wise. So this is a really good question. I mean, you've asked him, the, the, you've asked him this question, I've asked him this question. Um, I think there's probably a deeper reason uh, which is that at the end of the day, a lot of these folks are just not uh, right wingers. You know, they are um, they are, are Chamber of Commerce Republicans. They are Republicans of many decades ago. Their priorities are different, and they think if they do a good job for their couple of donors, then everything is okay. They make some noises and they say, okay, you know, that's what the Yahoos want. That's fine. I, I, I think the key. The key um, uh, insight about Ron DeSantis was when he, you know, once uh, years ago called the Rush Limbaugh show and he said, yeah, I've been listening to you for years. Um, he is one of us. He is, he's, um, you know, he is unabashedly on the right and really always has been. And um, it, it's just, uh, it's, it's just not something that, uh, that you find every day. I'm, I'm increasingly heartened, though, that there are some folks who are running for Senate, especially people like J.D. Vance and Blake Masters and, and, uh, and, and others who are, um, who are kind of coming, coming up and, and, uh, and, uh, and, and creating a, a new kind of Republican uh, governing template. I mean, of course, those are folks uh, running for Senate, not for governor. But you know your your question stands. Why isn't this winning formula being replicated? And I can only imagine it's because politicians are afraid. Number one and number two, they they just they have different goals. And I, I think it's important to note that DeSantis is not just popular with the Republican base. In the recent uh, ruckus over the parental rights bill, which the left tried to rename just because propaganda the uh, don't say gay bill, it turned out that DeSantis stood his ground on that issue, fought, got the bill signed into law, and national support shows that people are actually with him on this, including Democrats. Democrat voters support the parental rights and education bill in Florida by 50, 50, uh, 55%. Republicans, obviously, 70% strong support. Independent voters, 58%, and parents in general, 67%. So the, it, it turns out, David, and I think this is one of the parts of uh, Florida's success that people should, should just watch and, and pay close attention to, 
Making smart decisions that make people's lives better and, and that are sensible from a public policy standpoint can in fact be popular even with independents, even with some Democrats. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's that's one of the, the one of the major lessons. And and don't forget, I mean, you show these numbers, these numbers are very positive, but they come in the middle of a massive media propaganda campaign, you know, as as you said, uh, trying to demonize the, this this particular bill. And and look, I mean, they've been they've been taking aim at Ron DeSantis uh, at least for two years now, um, in a really hardcore way. I mean, don't forget, there are people out there claiming that he was hiding bodies of deceased elderly COVID. Uh, um, you know, folks that had that had passed away in the Everglades, dumping you know thousands of bodies. I mean, this is the level of insanity that that we've we've come to. Obviously, that story is completely was and 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 is completely false. Um, but there's no um, there's no level that they that they won't stoop to, and it just shows how scared they are. They're terrified of him because he doesn't care. I think that's the other thing that. Um, that is different, um, you know, that makes DeSantis different from, from other politicians. These other politicians care what is said about them. He does not. There's no part of him that, uh, that, that really cares if the New York Times is hyperventilating, you know, and in fact, he sees it as a positive. Turns out that when you keep your compact, when you keep your, uh, your word to your voters, and also honestly, just to the residents of your state, when you're a governor, by doing things you said you'd do, works out pretty well for you. DeSantis versus his likely 2022 opponents, because it's not decided quite yet, but up against Nikki Freed, the <laughs> seemingly, um, I'm not sure if insane would be the technical term, but, but slightly, uh, slightly wacko um, agricultural uh, commissioner for the state of Florida. She's at 39%. So DeSantis is up 13 there. Ron DeSantis then against Charlie Crist, who is Still, still around eight uh, percent. He's got a nice, a nice lead there. I think it's important that people realize, uh, Dave, that Florida, back when like Rick Scott was the governor in two thousand and ten, was a plus five hundred thousand Democrat registration state, and now it's a plus Republican registration state. And a huge part of that change has come under Ron DeSantis. Yes, absolutely. And look, I mean, number one, COVID was just a huge factor. You know, the governor handled the uh, the, the COVID issue uh, really brilliantly, and and in, I don't think it's overstating the case to say that he saved the country. He created, um, you know, he created the basis on which uh, folks in you know anywhere in red states and blue states could sort of fight back against uh, an against a, a, an encroaching tyranny. And, uh, and and a media that was just completely hyperventilating about everything. You know, if it wouldn't have been for Ron DeSantis, I think I think we would only be getting out of lockdown now. Um, it would have would have changed everything. But the larger issue with with uh, with Florida and with Ron DeSantis is that it's gotten to a time where the left is so radical. They're so radical that they don't understand their, you know, they, they don't understand how unpopular their ideas really are because they have total control of the megaphones and uh, they, 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 just, they just don't know. You, you tell their ideas back to them and they have no, um, no gauge for, for seeing how unpopular they really are. And then when, when Ron DeSantis comes out and he just pokes a little hole and he just says, no, this is crazy. Um, the issue lights up and, uh, and, and people support him because the left has gone insane. One of the most important things you can see here, folks, is how everyone's voting with their feet all across the country. Migration internally in the U.S., 2020, 2021, these are comparably sized states. California lost 360,000 plus. New York lost 350,000 plus. Illinois lost 120,000. Meanwhile, Texas up 170,000. Very nice for Texas. Florida up 220,000 residents and counting, by the way, because they've got a lot of people every day moving there. David. You were a pioneer, my friend. You moved to Florida years ago and are holding the line down there for all the rest of us. So thanks for joining us. I'm Good trying to, to fight the traffic. Yeah, at, this, uh, at this point, we should, put a, we should put traffic limitations. We'll yeah, make an exception well, for you if you decide to come, but 
Um, you know, no, no, no place is perfect, but Florida built the wall. Florida is as, as close as you're going to get in America. Dave, good to see you. Thanks so much. You too. That's all the time we have for this special edition of Hold the Line. I want to thank my guests, Carol Markowitz, Josh Hammer, John Cardillo, and Dave Reboy. The O'Reilly Update is next. Chills high. Born on America's darkest day of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes ever since. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays the mortgage on the family home to lift the financial burden. For severely injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling severely injured heroes to move around their homes more independently. Through the Foundation's Homeless Veteran Program, Tunnel to Towers is providing housing and services to homeless veterans. More than 3,300 were helped last year alone. Because all veterans who honorably served, whether in peacetime or war, deserve our nation's gratitude. People who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that has historically delivered sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. From original art and diplomas to ticket stubs and the keys to your first home, we all have mementos we'd love to put on display. FrameBridge is the easy and affordable way to custom frame just about anything with fair upfront pricing based on the size of your item and fast, free shipping. Plus, your happiness is guaranteed. See why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit FrameBridge.com or a local FrameBridge store to get started. That's FrameBridge.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.